0: Suffering with no hope in sight can bring despair. But Pastor Greg Laurie points out our hope is in the Lord.
1: Everybody suffers in life. But here's the big difference we don't want to miss. It is only the Christian who can know that God is ultimately in control. It is only the Christian who knows that God can work all things together for good. And it is only the Christian that has the Holy Spirit helping them through their times of hardship. This is-
0: contains over 1200 pain receptors. They're meant to warn us so we don't hurt ourselves. But when they all start singing in unison, it's a chorus that just can't be ignored. Emotional pain often can't be ignored either. So where can we go? What can we do to find relief? Pastor Greg Laurie addresses that important question today on A New Beginning. We'll see how God has the soothing balm we need to get us through and bring us victory.
1: Well, let's all grab our Bibles and turn to one of the greatest chapters in all of Scripture, Romans chapter 8. There's a lot of things that God has done for us that are revealed in this amazing chapter. And there's four great freedoms that God has given to us. And I want to identify them for you. Number one, there's freedom from judgment. Freedom from judgment. Because Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Number 2, there's freedom from defeat. There's no obligation to serve sin as your master. Look at Romans 8:12. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature tells you to do. Here's another point, we have access to God. Romans 8:15, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You've received the spirit of adoption by whom you cry out Abba, Father, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and of children then heirs, underline the word heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. I love the fact that Paul tells us that we can say Abba, Father. Abba is the Hebrew version of daddy or papa. If you go to Israel today, you'll even see small little children saying to their father, Abba. And they'll call their mother, Ema. So, but it's an affectionate word. It's not like father. It's more like daddy. And there's an intimacy implied there. And notice here he tells us that we are not only adopted. Not only can we say Abba, Father, but we are heirs. Look at verse 16 of Romans 8. The spirit bears witness with our spirit. We're children of God and of children. Then heirs. And heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. We have all of these things given to us by God. Why would anyone not wanna become a Christian? God will forgive you of all of your sin. He'll adopt you as his own child. You will have access to his throne and his presence 24 seven. You have the guaranteed hope that you'll go to heaven when you die, but I have to be honest, there's something else that comes along with this Christian life. Christians will suffer in life, but God will be with us. Why does a Christian have to suffer? I get why a non-believer suffers. They break the laws of God. They thumb their nose at God. They do all these bad things. Yeah, you know, they suffer and maybe they deserve to, but why me? I try to do everything God tells me to do. Well, here's why. Because if you're loved by God, you're gonna be hated by someone else. And that someone else is called the devil. The devil hates what God loves. And you are truly loved by God. But don't miss the promise, if we suffer together, we will be glorified. Well, there's no better example of this than the story of Job, old Job. You wonder, did Job ever know he was gonna become the go-to illustration for suffering? By the way, it's the oldest book of the Bible. Job was written even before Genesis. Did he ever in his wildest dreams know that he would be the guy we would talk about? Job. And poor Job. He never read the book of Job. (laughs) He didn't know how the story ended. He lived it in real time. Of course we know how the Lord blessed him in the end. But we know that it started when God was bragging on Job in heaven And the devil brought a series of attacks against Job and his family and his health and his possessions that the Lord allowed for his purposes. But then we ask, but why did this happen? Job himself gives the answer in Job 23.10. He says of God, he knows the way that I take and when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Why is this happening to you? Why are you going through this hardship? So you will come forth as gold. So your faith will get stronger. So you will become more like Jesus. God is getting us ready for heaven. Suffering reminds us that earth is not our home. Heaven is. In fact suffering prepares us for heaven. Suffering and pain cause us to not depend on ourselves but instead depend on God. You say, but why doesn't God stop it? Well, he sometimes He does. Sometimes he does. There's nothing wrong with saying, Lord, stop it. <laughs> and He might answer that prayer in the affirmative. Remember the disciples on the Sea of Galilee? They were cruising along, big storm came. They're freaking out, they think they're gonna die. Jesus is asleep, they wake him up. Lord, we're gonna perish, what are you doing? Jesus walks right up there in the deck of the boat, looks out at that storm and says, peace be still. Sometimes he'll stop the storm. And other times he'll be with us through the storm. For there's many instances where the storm raged, but he was with them through it as well. But here's the thing to remember. Everybody suffers. Everybody has pain in life. I don't care how rich they are, how famous they are, how beautiful or handsome they are, whoever they are, wherever they are, everybody suffers in life. The Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Christians die in automobile accidents just like nonbelievers do. Christians get cancer just like nonbelievers do. Christians get old Just like non-believers do, we we go through the same things, but here's the big difference we don't wanna miss. It is only the Christian who can know that God is ultimately in control. It is only the Christian who knows that God can work all things together for good. It is only the Christian who knows that we will one day be rewarded in heaven, and it is only the Christian that has the Holy Spirit helping them through their times of hardship.
0: Thanks for joining us today for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Today, Pastor Greg is offering some biblical perspective on suffering in our study of Romans chapter 8. The title of today's message, The Pleasure in Pain. Let's continue.
1: Next point, we're not alone in our suffering. We're not alone in our suffering. Look at verse 26 of chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. (laughs) The Holy Spirit of God is the most misunderstood member of the Trinity There's a lot I could say about us, but here's what Scripture is telling us. He enters into our suffering with us. He does this with groanings too deep for words. Verse 27. Now the Bible tells us that Jesus is on the right hand of God interceding for us. And now Romans 8 tells us the Holy Spirit is interceding for us according to the will of God. You say, I don't understand that. Hey, I don't either. But I'm sure glad it's happening, aren't you? And that brings me to this final point. We have a hopeful future. No matter what you're going through, you have a hopeful future. I can tell you in complete confidence today and whatever you're facing right now, the best is still yet to come. And you have God's promise right here in the pages of Scripture. Look at verse 23. We wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us full rights as His adopted children, including the new bodies He has promised us. I know some of you are suffering. I know for some it seems like it's more than you can bear. But I also know that God is in control of your life and He loves you as His child because you are His child. Jonathan Edwards put it this way and I quote, Our bad things turn out for good. Our good things can never be lost and the best things are yet to come. Our bad things turn out for good Our good things can never be lost and the best things are yet to come, end quote. One day all of our groaning and waiting will be over and we'll be welcomed to heaven and your suffering will eventually end and you'll have a greater strength and a deeper joy. All things will ultimately work out for your good and God's glory because he's adopted you, because you're his child. So you can say Abba, father. One of the best examples of adoption is in the Old Testament, in the story of David and Mephibosheth. How many of you have heard of Mephibosheth? How many of you have named your child Mephibosheth? (laughs) No one names her child. It's a good name. So Mephibosheth was the grandson of King Saul and the son of David's buddy, Jonathan. So Saul was the king of Israel. He was wicked. He disobeyed the Lord. The Lord removed him and raised up David when he was still a shepherd boy out in the wilderness. You know the story. And David went and slew Goliath. And when Saul realized that David was going to take his throne, he made it the purpose of his life to destroy this young man, including attempts on David's life, throwing his javelin at David and harassing David and chasing David in the wilderness like he was a wild animal. But David just persisted and and wouldn't strike back against King Saul. But David did become close friends with Prince Jonathan, Saul's son. And Jonathan asked David, hey, will you take care of my family if anything happens to me? And David said he would. One day, the king and his son were slain on the field of battle. Saul and Jonathan were killed. So David made an inquiry. Is there anyone left in the house of Jonathan? And they said, yeah, he has a son. His name is Mephibosheth. And he lives in Lodabar. That's a funky place to live, isn't it? Where do you live? Lodabar. <laughs> and, and, and there in Lodabar, a tragic thing had happened to him when he was a little boy. He had been disabled. He was crippled. Couldn't use his legs because he was dropped when people were in a panic after Saul and Jonathan were killed. So also, potentially, Mephibosheth could have been a threat against David. Because one day he'd become an adult. Maybe he try to take his place as the king. Because David was now the king. So David said, oh yeah, there's a boy there, Mephibosheth? Okay, I want him brought to the palace. I wonder if that freaked out Mephibosheth when he got the knock on the door. Yes, uh, you've been summoned to the palace of King David. Oh, that's it, I'm dead. <laughs> and they take him to the palace and David says, you're the son of Jonathan? Yes, I am. Well, you're welcome at my table now. You're part of my family now. You come on right here, boy. You take a seat at that table. Every day when we have food, you're here with us. You're part of this family now. He had a seat at the table. And that's what happens to us. God takes us. We're sinners, rebelling against Him. Our lives are broken. In some ways, even like Mephibosheth, we've been dropped in life. Were you dropped? I don't mean literally. Maybe some of you were. And it may explain a lot, but... I'm speaking figuratively, metaphorically. You know, maybe your parents just didn't have time for you. They never affirmed you. They never encouraged you. They may have abandoned you, or they neglected you. Some even hurt you. You were dropped in life. God specializes in taking people who have been dropped in life, and then he lifts them up. He seems to go out of his way to find people like this. And that's what David did for Mephibosheth and that is what God has done for us. And we too have a seat at the table, at the Lord's table. But this is only for the Christian. And if you've joined us today and you're not sure if you're a Christian, you can become one right now. We talked about being a child of God. How does one become a child of God? Answer, through birth. Not birth into a Christian family but rebirth. Jesus said you must be born again. Remember scripture says for as many as received him he gave them the power to become sons of God. You must receive Christ into your life. Have you done that yet? So you can go to church and never receive Christ. You can receive communion and never have received Christ. You can be baptized and never have received Christ. There has to be that moment in your life where you ask Him to come and take residence in your heart as your Savior and Lord. And one of the verses we looked at, it says, His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Listen, I know I am a child of God. I know it. How many of you know it? You just have that inner sense. You know it. You know it. But what if you don't know it? Well, maybe you aren't one. See, if Christ has taken residence in your heart, don't you think you'll be aware of that? Yeah, someone moved into your house the middle of the night, started cooking fish in your kitchen. Think you'd be aware of that? Come down at three o'clock in the morning, what is going on here? Oh, we just moved in. I'm not comparing Jesus as someone cooking fish in your kitchen. I'm just saying if someone moved into your home, you would be aware. And if Christ has moved into your heart, you'll know it. And if you don't know it, maybe it's because he hasn't moved into your heart yet. But He can come into your life right now and forgive you of all of your sin. And you can put your past behind you. And you can have a new beginning. So if you don't know if Jesus is living inside of you yet, why don't you ask Him to come into your life and forgive you right now? And we're gonna pray and give you an opportunity to do that. Let's all pray, everyone bowing their head. Father, I pray for any person here, any person watching, wherever they are, If they don't know Jesus, if you've not taken residence in their hearts yet, would you help them to see their need for you and help them to come to you and believe in you right here, right now, we pray. Amen.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer. And if today's message has inspired you to want to make a change like that in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg can help you do that right now.
1: The Bible says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer where you will be doing just that, calling on the name of the Lord. So listen, if you want your sin forgiven, if you want to know that when you die, you will go to heaven, If you want Jesus Christ to come into your life and take away your guilt and your shame, then just stop what you're doing and pray this prayer with me right now. Pray this after me if you would. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I have broken your commandments. I have fallen short of your standards. But 2,000 years ago, you died on that cross for me. Then you rose again from the dead. So Jesus, come into my life and be my Savior, and my Lord, and my God, and my friend. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me, and accepting me, and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. And if you've just prayed those words with Pastor Greg and meant them sincerely, the Lord has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. And we want to welcome you into the family of God. We'd also like to send you some follow-up materials to help you begin to live a life of faith. Let us send you our New Believers Growth Packet. Simply call us at 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. There's someone standing by that would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg digs into one of the most hopeful verses in the entire book of Romans. All things work together for good. We'll come to understand the full scope of that promise next time. The
1: day, the day when life
0: Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called The Pleasure in Pain.